Okay, so a little bit about myself, you know, behind backstory of the speakers of this podcast. <laughs> like we were saying on another show, my name is Luis Antonio Sosa. I was born February 26, 1994. I was the only dark person out of my family. Everybody else was white, light-skinned. And I was the morenito, they just call it the darker-skinned person. Luckily, that means I just had a tan my whole life, and I just get darker. The sun just gravitates to me. We grew up for about five or six years in Socorro, super old-school Mexican style. My dad was a rancher. He just loved having farm animals like goats, chickens, horses, rabbits, and Mexicans, for some reason, they like to eat rabbits and goat meat. It's weird, right? And there's I, some people who are proud that they do that stuff. Hey, I, that's how I grew up. I remember watching my dad get bucked off. I remember we had a lot of land by this canal. And we were, you know, doing little boat races with a big styrofoam thing. It was pretty awesome. And uh, we just grew up with our imaginations. We didn't really have that much video games. And uh, we had a lot of adventurous experiences growing up until we were six and then my parents split up and that was a tragic thing at the moment just like any parents divorce but it was the best thing that ever happened because my mom met somebody in the military she met a guy named Hector Cordero and he was a first sergeant in the military he was a drill instructor and we were his next recruits we were wild animals wild kids so he instilled a lot of fear and discipline from the get-go. He would do punishments sometimes like, you know, put our nose against the wall and we'd have to be there for 30 minutes, an hour or two hours. And it was torture. I never thought about that. I forgot. Yeah. We would have to go put our nose on the wall and we couldn't even look away. He would get on our case and that was, that was one of the punishments. And then obviously we graduated, got a little older, to the belt. My mom handled that one pretty good. And uh, <laughs> since we're talking about punishments, the discipline, once we got even older too, he would get the belt and hit us right here on the hand. We would have to stick out our hand and it would be so scary and we would get like these belt marks. And he taught us though a lot of character and a lot of discipline. We moved to Nebraska because he got some jobs there in Hormel mm -hmm. and Kellogg. So he would always bring back free food. Mission as well, the tostada chips and tortillas. And uh, we had the most, nothing wrong with it, but we had a very white childhood. Yeah. A snowflake type of childhood. We what were the does only, that mean though? Because I think there's different type of white childhoods. Nebraska, white as in snow and white as in those were our friends. White people. Yeah, white people. Okay. And, and I, <laughs> my name is Antonio. And I was so shy growing up that when I was in elementary school, First day in Clamar Elementary oh. in Omaha, Texas. I was supposed to raise my hand and tell him my name's Antonio, but it, on the her clipboard it says Luis is how it's pronounced. Uh, there's no, it's L-U-I-S. There's no O or anything. But they read it and like, Luis. Is Luis here? And I'm like, dang it, my name's Antonio, but I didn't want to correct her or anything. I'm like, here. And then for six or seven years after that, I became Lewis. And whenever there were some bullies around, they would call me Lois. 
Maybe that's why I didn't like Lewis. Lois. Lois, like from Family Guy. <laughs> Lois. I didn't. I never liked that. Um, you know, I was the most popular guy on Cinco de Mayo, and uh, Were you? <laughs> yeah, because never I was like the that. only Mexican guy. <laughs> All these world cultures, food and stuff here, and everybody else is, you know, not from an ethnic background, and so that was pretty cool. And we moved to. Austin, Texas. North Austin in Georgetown. I moved in my seventh grade year. And if any of my buddies from back in uh, Georgetown, Texas, comment below and just say what's up. But the first friends I made were Mexican. And it's so weird. Like, I grew up in Nebraska. Not I never experienced any racism. I never experienced any segregation or anything like that. But low-income neighborhoods played soccer and were Hispanic. And they hung out together. And we're pretty rough. I would even say gangster. I loved to play soccer. It's probably in my blood. And I hung out with gangsters. I hung, mm-hmm. They were my friends first. A guy named Juan Gutierrez was my first friend. Oh my God. What have you come? Yeah. Yeah. He, you can say what's up, man. And, and uh, yeah, he was my first friend. And we bonded through soccer. And I made friends through soccer. And we were a really good team. Remember when you talked about how, like, you would be all those professional teams from Central Texas because yeah. you guys were so like legit. Mm-hmm. That's how we were. We were a Mexican team that we were rough and unorthodox, but we made it to uh, D3, which is like recreational league. Mm-hmm. But we won the state championship. Wow. Yeah, it was pretty cool. We beat teams from the whole state in D3. Then um, had a great, awesome time in Georgetown, Texas. Mm-hmm. It was really awesome. Yeah, it was. I showed you. Remember you one time. And uh, it's just a small town. At that time, there's only one high school. So many stories I could talk about there. Um, but then some things happened in our family. And uh, my older brother, love him to death, um, he unfortunately got diagnosed with bipolar disorder and a pretty severe case, bipolar 1. He's doing great. He's battling it every, every day. He's, he's still forging his path, and he's still doing awesome right now. But at that time, it was so new to our family. We had no idea what to do. Several months before that, my mom and my stepdad, they split up. And so the economy at the same time was going down really bad. And and, uh, we were at a crossroads. December 2010, we come back to El Paso for Christmas. December 2010, we come back for Christmas. And... um, we were at my uncle Ricardo's house, my uncle Rick's house, and we were in a table and we were just having a Christmas dinner or whatever. And they're asking my mom, so what are you going to do, Yoli? What are you going to do? My mom sends Yoli and she just kind of, she knew she wanted to come back for family help. My brother already had moved back with my dad, who's a pastor, Baptist pastor. My dad was helping raise Carlos. So Carlos was already here in El Paso. We were still trying to make it in Georgetown, but financially, and my mom got laid off from her job, economy's bad, and so things were just crashing down. Everything was going really good for me and Hector. I was going to make varsity, um, which was going to be a big deal. I was going to be one of four people, John Soheim and two others. I don't remember who else was going to Xavier Mead. And only one other person was going to be, you know, Xavier. Yeah, I do. Was going to be in varsity. And Georgetown High School soccer was really big deal. And I had to give it all up. I had a lawn care business as well. I had a bunch of friends. And um, I was the one. It felt like I got hit by lightning. And I said, why don't we just move back to El Paso? 
And then everybody looked at me. And they were all like, what? Yeah, well, it just makes sense. I kid you not, the next day we're all driving my uncle Rick and, <laughs> you know, my cousins, my aunt, obviously my mom, my uh, me and Hector. We, the next day, the 26th of December, we go back to Georgetown, pack up everything in a day or two and moved everything back. I only had one evening to say goodbye to all my friends. It wasn't like I was moving in a week or two. It was, I'm moving tonight. Hmm. We all got together in the parking lot. We all cried and we said goodbye. It was me, Martin, Xavier, and I believe Dominique. So, moved back to El Paso. Mm -hmm. Life just was totally different. I was negative towards the world. I didn't really want to make friends. I... Had a very successful business in Georgetown. So I wasn't looking for a job. I just kind of wanted to work. I tried doing wrestling. I, I guess I was burnt out from soccer and I just didn't want to restart. So I didn't play soccer, which looking back, maybe should have. Did wrestling for a little bit here and there for a couple weeks. They were hardcore um, in Georgetown. Georgetown. Yeah, Mottwood was hardcore because in Georgetown, we had just a brand new wrestling program. Mottwood had a pretty good one already. So sophomores were kicking my butt. Um and then I just got a job, co-working job, and I spent the rest of my junior and senior year just working a job. And uh, luckily, I met a lady named Iris, and Iris Terrasas, shout out to Gabe and Iris. They took me under their wing. They became my business mentors, absolutely changed my life. They helped uh, pretty much me mature into a man, and a uh, lot of experiences, a lot of Ups and downs in El Paso. Absolutely loved it. I swear for the first two or three years, every day or every week I was thinking about... Every day or every week I was thinking about how can I move back? How can I move back? I visited once or twice the first two years and I was like, I'm coming back. I'm coming back. Always telling them, I'm coming back. I'm coming back. <laughs> they were always asking, when are you coming back? When are you coming back? And I believed it. I believed it to the core of my being. I'm coming back. I'm coming back and uh, I don't know I'm a little emotional it was just a tough thing to let go and give up but um, I guess I haven't thought about those things until now and every time you give up you always go up and I feel like I got to really mature fast when you I read it one time power of now that when you separate yourself from your comfort zone from your routine you will mature a lot faster. So for anybody who has moved out of uh, high school and into another city in college, you tr you grow tremendously and you know that. That's why I'm a big advocate for moving and not just staying in one city because every time you get out of your comfort zones, you dramatically grow. And I wouldn't be the man, I wouldn't be close to the man that you fell in love with if, I, if those things didn't happen. Obviously, it sucks when it happens, but looking back, it just all pieces together, just like Steve Jobs says. But you deflected that emotional. Part. I know I did. I did. I'm crying because he hardly ever. I cries. don't want to be that vulnerable on my first episode here, guys. That's okay, baby. That's the exciting part of. I guess cinema, so. Cinema verte. Yes. <laughs> Real cinema. So now the best part, best thing that absolutely ever happened was meeting you three years ago. 
2016? <laughs> it was 2016. 2016. Whoa, that's so crazy. So everything kind of just leads up. And, and so we, I was, I had built an incredible life, incredible character. Everything was so much fun. I was single for about two years. I had two serious relationships before that here in El Paso. And I decided to be single and just create a badass life. And that's what all I was doing was focusing on my business, my fitness, my mindset, my careers, and school. And I was just 100 miles per hour. I said I was not going to get married till I became 30, 31 years old. Yeah, I said the same thing. She said the same thing. And then all of a sudden, Violet comes to visit El Paso. She has her own story. Yeah. And I was absolutely head over heels love at first sight i had never seen a woman that confident that outspoken that sure of herself that focused on our first date she wore she had just finished swimming i had asked her do you want to do you want to take some time to shower get ready and she goes why are you scared i'm like no i just thought you needed some time to get ready and goes she said i am what i am i'll just show up how i am because he had only seen me in business clothes and like with makeup and my hair done and stuff so I was she, like, she didn't even do makeup back oh then. i didn't even wear makeup back then no, she's I just didn't. so naturally beautiful still is oh, thank you, baby. and uh <laughs> she just won me over and on our first date there's more details to it too we'll probably do a separate thing but this is the story of where yeah. we're at today on our first date we had such a powerful vibe chemistry like all that we had to, to say it. we didn't yeah. really have words all i had to say was we're on the same page that like changed my life too changed my life and um so we have been building a life together ever since we weren't even married but we took our honeymoon on a two-week vacation <laughs> and cruise and everything i think and- we were like um Couple months dating. We were dating like maybe seven, eight months. I was looking back at my photos, and Let as soon as we see. met, then boom, a couple weeks later, we went on an awesome vacation. Early on, no, we didn't. We got married. The thing I remember was us talking about being on the same page. Yeah. Completely changed my life. Yeah. And I want to go into deep detail about our story, but that's where my story ends. When we met and we got on the same page, because mm-hmm. I stopped just living for myself i stopped thinking about just myself and we totally started becoming inseparable from that point yeah and um it's been it's something that i have i could not rewrite it any differently everything has just been incredible since then and i'm excited to share how we met in detail and about our story and a lot of the things because there's so many things that have happened We've moved like six or seven times. <laughs> we've met so many people. We've done a lot of things. Mm-hmm. And uh, we've grown so much together. We were we were chasing one, certain things at the beginning. And now we are looking at life totally different. And it's going to continue to keep evolving and growing. And, yeah, for sure. And, um, you know, that's just a little bit about myself. Hopefully, maybe some of the things resonated with you guys. But we're just excited to share a message and, and uh, just keep doing this. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Catch y'all next time. Peace.